Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. I'm your host, AJ, and we are so excited to be on this journey of faith with you. Write this down, Revelation 4, verses 1 through 3. After this I looked, and there in heaven was an open door. The first voice that I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and there was a throne in heaven, and someone was seated on it. The one seated there had the appearance of jasper and cornelian stone, a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald surrounded the throne. Today on Write This Down with Dot Bowen, Dot will be encouraging us to look to the throne of God and praise Him, for He alone is worthy. Now let's sit and hear what Dot has to say. John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, he would see Jesus walk on the Sea of Galilee. He saw Jesus take the bread and the fishes and look up into heaven and pray and then do a miracle and feed the thousands. It would be John as he would watch Jesus heal the sick, have compassion for the poor, and take those moments to call out Lazarus and bring him back to life. It was John that as he looked upon the face of Jesus on that cross, when Jesus looked at him and said, John, take care of my mother. As Jesus died and was buried, all hope seemed to be lost. And as they gathered at the upper room, they had heard that Jesus was alive and Jesus walked in and he breathed on them. It will be shortly after that, that John would look up into heaven and see Jesus going up into the clouds and saying to the disciples, go into all the world, make disciples, teaching them all that I have commanded you. And now as the disciples spread, John would soon hear the news one by one. Another disciple martyred for the sake of the gospel. Another disciple had to give his life because he would never back down from the truth that Jesus is God. John was alone on the island of Patmos. His friends had been murdered and now he's sitting there all along. If ever a man had reason to feel depressed, it was John on Patmos. The church was being persecuted everywhere, and it was unsafe to be a Christian in any part of the Roman Empire. Nero was bent on making sure that he would wipe out all Christianity from the face of the earth. At this moment in John's life, it was a dark moment. In Revelation 4, it says, It's after this, after he had written to the churches the things that God wanted him to write, he looks up and he sees an open door. And he hears a voice, come up here. Now, I want you to catch this. When Jesus died, they were afraid. The disciples feared for their life. They did not know what they were going to do. And when Jesus walked out of the grave, he met the disciples. He walked into that room where they were all gathering together and he breathed hope into them. Now the disciples are gone and they're in heaven, but John is left. And at that moment, at John's most difficult, darkest moment, Jesus says, John, I want you to look up and I want you to see this door. And I want you to realize that where you are right now, the reality that you see, that world that you're seeing, those dark moments, the hopeless nights, those moments when you feel so alone and you're wondering that I've forgotten you. John, look up. There's a door. And I want you to see that things aren't the way that you think they are. You are looking at your world around you. So I want you to take this moment while you are so discouraged and afraid. 
And I want you to look and there is a door and there is a throne and I'm sitting on it. As John was going through a difficult time in his life, Jesus was saying, John, look, I'm on my throne. When you are going through a difficult time or when you are getting discouraged or you're afraid as you begin to look at your world and you don't know what's going to happen. I believe that Jesus wants to say to you and say to me, say, hey, look up. Stop looking around. Yes, this is a kingdom. Yes, this is a world and you're part of it. But this isn't the only kingdom. There's a kingdom in heaven and there is a God and Jesus is the son of God and Jesus is sitting on his throne. And as John began to notice and to see that Jesus was sitting at his throne, he would see these elders and they would fall down and they would worship and he would hear them sing day in and day night, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things and by your will, they exist and were created. God is sitting on his throne and in heaven, there's praise and there's worship. Whenever you begin to sense the presence of God, whenever you realize that there is God sitting on his throne, that he is in control and that you do not have to worry about what's going on in this world because you know that there is another place where there is a God who really is in control. You will begin to break out into worship. You will begin to fall down on your knees or either stand up or clap your hands or raise your hands and say, God, you are worthy. You are God. You are on your throne. You receive all the glory. You receive all the praise because you alone are in control. Oh, when we begin to really take our focus off of what's going on in this world and we look at God and who he is and we focus our eyes upon Jesus and know and remember that he is on the throne. He's sitting at the right hand of God. He's seated. That means a position of control and he's interceding and he's cheering us on as we are continuing to live in our life in this world. But we must know that this world is not the only world. This world is only the world that we're in right now. But there's going to be a time and there's going to be a place that God is going to call us home. But at the moment, while we are still here, we can find joy. We can find contentment. We can find peace. We can praise God that we have a God who is God and he is sitting on his throne. And as I think about praise and worship, I'm reminded of a time. It's been 35 or so years. It's been a long time. Jack Taylor came to First Baptist and I heard him preach about praise. The power of praise, the perspective of praise. And he would say that the perspective of praise, that we will begin to praise God when we begin to have a different focus, when we stop seeing what's going on around in our world, but we see that God is in control and that he's sitting on our throne. What an amazing opportunity that we have as God's children to find comfort and joy, to know that no matter what's going on around right now in our world, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're going through, I want you to catch this. 
you can always praise God no matter what's going on. Now, listen, I'm not saying that you praise God because things are falling apart. I'm not saying that you praise God because you've gotten a report back from the doctor that has left you in despair and fear. I'm not saying that you praise God for the bad report or for the difficulties or the pain and the heartaches that you are suffering emotionally, physically. But I am saying this. When we begin to believe that God is not in control of our circumstances and our world, we will fight despair. But when we are able to take our eyes off of this world and the circumstances and the things that are going on and say to God, God, today, I'm going to praise you because you are on your throne. God, I'm going to praise you because I know that you love me. God, I'm going to praise you because I know that no matter what happens to me, that I have a God who loves me, who cares for me, who will provide for me, and who will protect me. See, our praise is a response to who God is. That's what praise is. Praise is a response. Clap your hands. You can shout. You can express praise in all different ways. But you have to praise the only one and true God. When I think back over the years and that moment that Jack Taylor challenged the congregation to take 31 days and just praise God, I accepted that challenge and I began the process of learning how to praise God no matter what I was going through. And I can tell you with assurance that when I begin to get down, when I begin to get afraid and I start that praising God for who he is and thinking that I have a God who is in control, who is seated at the right hand of the father interceding for me. This praise begins to have an effect on my emotions. And as I change my perspective and I looked at Jesus and who he is and forget who I am and what's going on in my world. I promise you, you will begin to find healing. I believe Satan hates to hear God's children praise his name. But I do know this, that whenever God's children begins to praise him, he enters into the praises of his children. And I just want to encourage you. I want you to take a few days. I encourage you for 31. But if you are afraid you can't manage it for 31 days, just take a couple of days and say, God, today, no matter what happens, no matter where my mind goes, no matter the thoughts that I have, no matter the fear that I'm experiencing or the depression or the oppression that I am going through, Father, I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to focus upon you and I'm going to praise you for who you are. God enters into the praises of his children. God uses praise to take our eyes off of ourselves and takes us away from feeling like we are in control of our lives. And praise focuses on the one who really is in control of our lives. I'm going to talk next week about the power of praise and how we can exercise that wonderful experience of entering into the praises of our God and bow before him and how God can take the praises of his children to empower his children to live the life that he's called us to live. As I think about praise, it is built on the character and the sovereignty of God. It is not built upon my circumstances. And today, no matter what you're going through, I want to encourage you. Begin praising God. Begin to praise him for who he is and focus your eyes upon him. 
And I want you to think about John, no matter what he was going through, those dark moments, Jesus would step in and he would say, John, look at me. And as a follower of Jesus, I believe Jesus is telling us the same thing. I think he's saying to you and to me, hey, sugar pie, I know that you're a little discouraged. I know that you're a little worried about things. I know that you're afraid of what's going to happen. I know that you are a little concerned of what the future might hold. But honey, stop looking around and look up. And I want you to know. I am sitting on my throne and there isn't a demon in hell that can remove me from my seat. And as he begins to work in the lives of his children, it is through the praise that we begin to see how mighty and great he is. He's always doing something good. He is always looking out for our best interests. But if our eyes are on anything other than Jesus, we will miss his miracle of entering into our minds and our hearts and remove the fear and the depression and the anxiety. And he steps in and he says, honey, look up. You think that the world is out of control. Look up because I am an overcomer. I am sitting on my throne and you are my children. And there is nothing that you will go through that I have not given you the power to endure. The power of praise, the perspective of praise is our weapon against anything that Satan may want to throw our way. We have a God and he's sitting on his throne. Great and marvelous are your ways, O God. For you alone are holy, 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 holy is the Lord Almighty. I hope you wrote some of that down. We look forward to being with you again next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. For more content from Dot, head to dotbowen.com. This podcast is brought to you by Cup of Joy Ministries and generous contributions from listeners like you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a beat. Thanks for listening.